Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I am here, as uh, as always, uh, with Mark Immelman. Mark, how's it going, man? I'm fine, big guy. I'm enjoying a little time off from the PGA Tour, even though it's uh, frenetic right now. And I'm in the midst of some college golf and a little dad on the scene, which I know you're doing as well. And sort of watching the PGA Tour from afar is, is, is fun too, you know, watching, sitting on the couch and watching some golf. afternoon is <laughs> Because my Falcons are bad right now, so I'm I'm more into golf than football. Yeah, it's a tough scene for Matt Ryan and company. Uh, what do you get to play a lot? How much do you get to play these days? I'm actually going to play this afternoon, and and I got to be honest with you, I've set a record this year. Last year I played twice. Um, this year I think I've played like five or six times with this afternoon being number seven, I believe. So lucky sevens for me right now. Yeah, it is interesting. We're in golf media and people, at least my friends, are like, oh, you must play all the time. And I'm like, well, no. Do you do you play golf all the time during your job? And uh, so, yeah, whenever we get to play, it's it's definitely still a treat. Well, look, the teacher in me is coming out. Uh, Folks listening to this, if you think someone in golf plays a lot of golf, you're dreaming. If you want to (laughs) play golf. And get into banking or law or hey you know what when i give lessons kyle i see a lot of dentists so apparently oh. dentists have off as well yeah yeah too much time on their hands um okay <laughs> kevin na want to talk about him he wins the shriners hospitals for children open uh, in a playoff over patrick cantlay kind of a a crazy ending in the final round he sets a new record for a number of uh, uh how, how am i going to say this F- feet of putts made yes. Uh, in in a single tournament 558 feet um he's now won mark how about this he's won three times in his last 30 events and now all of a sudden people are kind of starting to talk about you know are there are there president's cup implications here could he be picked are there Ryder cup implications for next year he's turned himself into you know kind of a really consistent fun good player on the pga tour how much does that surprise you based on what you know about his career um, doesn't really surprise me at all. I've had him on my podcast in the past um, because uh, the first time I ever watched Kevin Na play, I was I was struck by his grit. I was struck by the short game. I mean, the his powers of recovery and of scrambling are off the charts, and and there's no save that he he can't make. And you know, the story of Kevin Na turning pro at you know he was basically 16 years old said to yeah. his dad. Hey, I'm turning pro. And his dad was like, cool, <laughs> you know, go ahead and do it. And he went over and he played in Asia and played in the European tour and, and basically just learned his craft. And and I've late to your observation, man, has figured something out. Three wins in his last 30 events. Um, he, he's just a real gritty campaigner, great guy, well respected on the tour, which is why I feel like, you know, he might be a real boon in the locker room because everyone looks up to him. 
He's been around the block, and he is afraid of nobody. I mean, look, Patrick Cantlay, I don't have to convince you because you're firmly on board there. He's <laughs> star, okay? And, 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 and at Vegas, he's won there before. It's a ball striker's place. But Kevin now held this boy off, and, and that came after that triple bogey seven he made on 10 to come back with three quick birdies. I mean, that speaks of who Kevin now is. And you talk of those putts that he made, it, it wasn't just how many putts he made. It was the timeliness of those putts. I mean, I spoke with a number of folks, uh, and it's something to learn. Uh, second to last hole in uh, regulation there, 17, tough downhill par three. He hits it in the right green side. Bunker has got nothing, aims away from the flag, really prudent play, and then makes, what, 20 feet or so for the par save. And it was almost Tiger Woods in effect because you knew he was going to make it. And then they go extra holes, and then Cantlay stuffs one in there, makes a birdie, and now makes on top of him to extend the playoff. So it's not just that he's making putts. It's that he's got the timeliness of this all, and, and, and he makes kind of when he has to. So if you're talking President's Cup, if you're talking Ryder Cup, man, there's no match for a guy that can putt. And I tell you what, Kevin Nah can go. Yeah, and I think, you know, I saw people kind of like making fun of the idea that Kevin Nah would be on the President's Cup team. Kevin Na's like Kevin Na's the twenty fourth ranked player in the world. Like he's he's uh, fourteen spots of Jordan Spieth. He's one spot ahead of Jason Day. He's the fourteenth ranked American. So it's not. Uh, do I think he's going to be on the Presidents Cup team? Probably not. But it's not inconceivable. And, and certainly he's in the conversation with guys like Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed. Um, you know, some of these guys that finish kind of on the outside looking into the, to the top guys on, on the, uh, on Tiger's president's cup team. You know, the thing is too, with selection for these things, you know, you get the name value, you know, what is my team on paper? Yeah. That's one thing versus what is my team on grass? I mean, when these guys are playing, what are they doing? So, so form is always an indicator. And I, you know, if a guy's playing well and he's making putts and he's winning tournaments, that has to garner a player some consideration. And now, to your point, uh, spoke after the event that he believes he's a valuable choice. So not only is he playing well, he believes that he'll be worthwhile. And, and that is worth its weight in gold, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, it, it's it's true. I, I was curious about your thoughts on, so he finishes negative strokes gain from tee to green, which is, it's unbelievable that you can win a tournament negative strokes gain tee to green. But Obviously, like we like we've been talking about, just put it out of his mind, and you know, I don't think that either of us would say that's a that's a great formula long term. But where do you fall on on the um, just kind of the the week to week debate about putting versus ball striking? You know, it's a difficult one. Uh, the strokes gain, folks, you're one of those, and you'll probably shoot me down some for this. You know. If you can drive it long and put it in play, you have the natural advantage over the short hitter. But the truth of it all is you have to get the ball into the hole. And I can show you, you know, when Rory was driving the ball great and missing putts, everyone was just talking about the fact that Rory had to putt better. Okay. okay. And, and, and I think back to when Luke Donald played his way to number one in the world. He had a recipe, basically, where they figured out that if you can gain two strokes on the field per round, it doesn't matter how you do it. You can do a half stroke off the tee, uh, half a stroke uh, scrambling, uh, one stroke putting, whatever it adds up to. Gain two 
on the field a round and you will eventually make your way to the top of the world ranking pile, which he did. And as I look at those numbers right now, Na is currently 1.99 strokes gained putting. So he's basically at that two mm. number. Yeah. He's 11th on the tee for the season, gaining 0 0.03 off the tee. So, yeah, he's not dominant off the tee, but those two are enough to basically push him over that two-point number. I, I think the only issue with Kevin Na right now is the uh, iron game is not that flush, and he's lo losing almost 0.2 of a stroke. So all of this has to add up, and it's a tough metric, and I will go with the advantage to the longer header. But you know when it comes right down to it. You have to make putts if you want to win, and that is the truth. And if you go into a PGA Tour locker room, each and every one of those guys will say that to you, even though they might admit, man, I wish I could drive it like Rory or whatever the case might be. In the end, you have to putt to compete. Well, and I think the thing that the some of the statistics people, myself included, we kind of miss sometimes is what, like, we look at the stats, but it, but it, these guys, they don't compete in a silo, right? It's not as if they are, like, siloed off and not, like, interacting while they play. So they, they are interacting, and... To watch somebody make 20-footer after 20-footer as an opponent, that's that's demoralizing. That's more demoralizing than watching somebody hit a hit a drive 340 yards because you, you uh, Patrick Cantlay, as the as the contenders, like, well, what do I have to do to to you know get ahead of this guy? And so I I think that's there has to be some at least psychological effect in there that uh, that that gets a little bit you can't measure that by the statistics. And I think that some of that gets a little bit lost sometimes with, with great putters. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I always gravitate back to Bob Jones. And, and I think I've said this on this podcast before that, you know, Jones was a star in the making as a young golfer, had a bit of a hot temper, but struck the ball beautifully, but didn't make putts. And then he hooked up with Walter Travis, who made him change putters to the Calamity Jane. First thing they did helped him with the putting, then Jones became the star, the Hall of Famer that he was. And Travis said to him, you show me a man who can putt, and I will show you a match for any man. And when that's whether that's match play or whether that's stroke play, it, it's, it, it's how it goes. Um, and so for all of these guys, it's, it's, it's great to drive it long. And you're right, the things don't operate together. But the score that one's made, it's, it's this – well, one day I drive it great and I don't putt so well. And the next day I hit my irons great and I make a few. And then the next day everything's arrived. But because I make putts, I keep the score alive. So I keep myself in the tournament. So it's this beautiful mesh of everything throughout the week. And, 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 and the one thing is for sure, though, if you're flushing it the entire day, and I see it often with McElroy, and I know you do too, you flush it the entire day, you shoot 70 and then you play with some guy who scraps it around the place there and shoots 69, that can climb underneath one's skin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we see that very, very often uh, with some of the best players in the world. Okay, speaking of the best players in the world, John Rahm wins the Spanish Open, second year in a row. It's his fifth European Tour victory. Uh, he pretty much dusted this field. I think he beat fourth – he beat Rafa Cabrera-Bello by uh, – I think it was five – he beat fourth place by like nine strokes. I mean, it was just it was a it was a beatdown, really. And this is the trajectory that that he's been on. He misses the Dunhill Links cut last week uh, at over at St Andrews in Scotland. Um, but other than that, you go back to the U.S. Open. He's been lights out in every single tournament that he's played. 
Uh, I know I know winning a, a Spanish Open that doesn't have the greatest field in the world probably doesn't change your view of Rom. But where do you see him going into uh, 2020 in terms of uh, some of the some of the top uh, top events and and some of the major championships? You know, we've been to. I feel like we've talked about this every week, and it was like, well, Rom's just doing Rom stuff again. And last week, I'm prepared to throw that out. It's a pro am. Was playing alongside his dad. The weather was kind of iffy. Uh, scoring was low. We talked about it with McElroy complaining about it. So the three-round cut in a pro-am, you can let that slide for a John Rahm. But when he shows up and plays, because he had set the goal of defending his title, and he does so in emphatic fashion, incidentally, um, sets the European Tour record for becoming the fastest Spaniard to get to five European Tour wins, eclipsing Seve Ballesteros. Um Ram does this in 39 events. Seve did this in 49 events. So Seve has been the best golfer in the world. Uh, Ram is doing all the best golfer in the world stuff right now. And, you know, the thing about the weak field, you've still got to get there and play. And you've still got to get there and shoot the score. And he did that. I mean, the guy was just nuts. Uh, ball striking-wise, putting-wise, he did everything right. And as far as this um, continues... Uh, all the Spaniards, all the Latin Americans, these are confidence guys. And when they get a little bit of that mojo working, they are tough to beat. That's We see we see it in the Ryder Cup all the time. And in the President's Cup, it's the same sort of thing. I think back to Johnny Vegas a few years ago, who was a lightning rod for the internationals in a drubbing. So I just see Ram continuing this stuff. The, the confidence is high. The golf swing is very reliable because of the shortness and the abruptness of it all. And, you know, when he starts making putts, which he does often, he is going to be a real tough out for all comers. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. We'll see uh, how long this sort of uh, under under the radar heater uh, lasts. But he's been uh, he's been on it for a while. Okay, real quick. I wanted to get your take on. uh, So Bryson uh, DeChambeau after uh, the Vegas event, he finishes T4 as as uh, last year's champ. And he has this weird quote afterwards where um he he started talking about like what he's going to do over the next few months uh about how he's going to work out and he said i'm going to read this to you he said uh he was asked are you going to be bigger or slimmer this was the uh, media person asking him this question and he said bigger way stronger and then he goes not necessarily bigger but just stronger in general i'm going to look probably a lot bigger uh, but it's going to be a fun month and a half off. I have, I've never been able to do this and I'm going to go do things that are going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I don't really know what's going on here. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying, he's going to try to make uh, your, your Falcon squad for 2020. Uh, <laughs> Anyone on the offensive line, man, <laughs> he's going to get I, bigger. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but he, I think his end goal, I think is to uh, just be longer off the tee. What, what was your takeaway from all this? Well, the one th- my takeaway, my instant takeaway, is that he researches everything. So there has to be something that they've figured out where he's like, okay, if I get a little stronger, then, uh, and, and I define that as bigger, um, then that'll gain him a little gas off the tee, or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's just, you know, oftentimes getting bigger is just developing yourself all around better which makes you more resistant to injury. Because if you've, yeah, that's the one thing I learned from Gary Player way back in the day. You know, he was the guy to work out. 
he said to me, swing in both directions. Because if I'm swinging in one direction the whole time, your body will sort of get misaligned, if you will. And so maybe this is injury prevention and getting just stronger all around and getting the body more in balance. I don't know. But my instant take to this is, well, he must have figured out that there is some advantage to this, whether it's power, whether it's injury prevention, whether it's overall well-being. Who knows? He, he's, he always keeps stuff very close to the chest, Shambo does. But, um, you know, he's a fascinating cat, and now, I'm keen to, and now I'm keen to see how big he turns out. Because one thing I can tell you, he is a big dude anyway. You know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. We all know this. Um, but when I stand next to him, he's thick across his, shoulder and his shoulders and his chest, and, and he's got strong legs as well. So I'm keen to see what he actually goes and does. Yeah, he he is uh, he is brawny. And last year he was uh, let's see here thirty, he was thirty fourth on the PGA Tour in driving distance, which is uh, when you hit it like he does uh, with his irons is is plenty good enough to be competitive. So yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. Uh, somebody else who's been hitting the weights, Phil Mickelson. He goes out yeah. shoots sixty five in round one at uh, Vegas. Kind of fades. I think he finished sixty first uh, on the weekend. He shot like a seventy four on Saturday, which at that event is like shooting. I mean, on that day it was like shooting an 84, you know, based on uh, kind of what the scores were. Uh, any, any broad takeaways from the last few weeks of Phil? Well, he's been working hard on the game. He said that as uh, to a number of folks. And as I just looked through the statistics, it was a statistical uptick. Uh, I know the third round was a bit of an aberration, but came out quickly with 65, six under on day one. Day two got off to a slow start in a, on a difficult afternoon where it was kind of blustery and firm and, and bounced back for two under. And then the, the final round played solidly. But from a statistical point of view, I was driving it long um, and was driving it in play a lot. You know, for the week, I think he had six out of ten fairways on average. And the iron game was there. Uh, the one thing that wasn't performing was the putter. And he lost some strokes to the field there. So, so all going in the right direction. And uh, I think even though the results, finishing well down the field, was not what he was after, I'm sure there's a, a, a bit of a positive spin that was taken from this for Phil and, and, and something he can build on into future events. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what the rest of his fall looks like. But um, it's just – it's tough. He, he just – he can't – to me, it seems like he can't put four rounds together. So – Hopefully he finds that uh, as we head into 2020. Uh, real quick before we go and hear from our spot. Go One ahead. second. Um, this gets back to the putting thing um, because yeah, yeah, he's driving it along. He's putting it in play, but not putting well. And that's why he doesn't put four rounds together. You know, you're going to have one off round. I'll, I'll never forget this. Nick Price mentioned to me, he goes, you win a tournament by making sure your bad day is okay. And the bad day for Phil in round three was 74 because he wasn't making putts so it's an area that he definitely needs to go and iron out yeah for sure uh okay so we're gonna play a little game after we hear from our sponsor but uh last thing on news and notes here players championship 2020 they're showing every shot of the tournament are can you confirm whether or not you're just going to be running around sawgrass with your iphone streaming this to people uh, the folks at the PGA Tour have been talking about this for a while, and and I think we sort of all saw it coming, you know, with the advent of PGA Tour Live, and then how PGA Tour Live expanded to fall coverage now, and they're doing so with what they call live view cameras. Um, 
and uh, then they're covering feature group coverage down there at uh, the President's Cup at the end of the year as well. So it's all happening, and this is the uh, tour's, uh, it's the crown jewel for the PGA Tour, and so I'm not surprised at all. Um, apparently, they're going to have something like 120 cameras posted around the entire golf course, and so That's awesome. It's, going to be fun man i'll tell you what and the coverage is going to be wall to wall and you know i'll be a part of the pga tour live stuff down there so so i'm jacked about it and, and i think it's a neat way for people that just haven't seen this great golf course and haven't seen this field to be able to get a look at the entire thing and follow their favorites and and, and sort of get a feel for perhaps not what the network is showing with with the guys who are playing the best yeah i i think it's great like look I, I don't agree necessarily with everything the pga tour does or every decision that they make but i think this is just i, I don't know man i think it's awesome and i think it's uh just it's very commendable kudos to them for uh, for going in the direction that i think a lot of fans are are clamoring for and uh, you know i know it's not it's not simple it's not straightforward it's a it's a it's an undertaking i mean it's a big deal and uh, I'm really excited to experience that next year. I think that's going to be awesome. Well, the cool thing about this too, and, and, and you're a content guy, you know, it's all about content nowadays and content is king and, and golf is a content rich sport. I mean, think about how many balls are in the air at one time, at any PGA tour live events. So you at the, uh, at the, the players, it's 144 guys Every hole at that place is, you know, it's eye candy and it's visual and sensory overload. There's a whole bunch of content and it's a big undertaking and I'm keen to see how this gets pulled off. But, you know, you said it, kudos to the tour for trying. I mean, someone was going to do it and you would think that the tour would be the first folks. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, let's take a break, Mark, and then we'll come back and play some uh, career earnings over under after Kevin Noswin in Vegas. We'll be right back. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up 
to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay, Mark, I got six guys for you. We're going to lead off with Kevin Na. I'm going to give you a number mm-hmm. for uh, for over-under on career earnings. So I'll give you a number, and you tell me whether you think their actual career earnings are over this number or under this number, okay? You ready? Uh, yeah. Let's go Kevin Na at $29 million. Oh, he's way over that. Uh, I don't know what it is, but... Uh, 20, for the regular PGA Tour guy, someone like Nah, I mean, think about Charles Howell. They're making printing money every year, a couple, three, two, three million. Now I'd say he's well over that, having played golf as what, long as what he has. That's that's correct. Thirty-two point zero million dollars. Okay. Right at right at thirty-two. So you you got that one. Uh, let's go, let's go. Webb Simpson, thirty-five mm-hmm. million over or under thirty-five million. Uh. He's won a few times as well, Webb. I'm going to take the over. You're just going to go over on everybody, aren't you? <laughs> well, these guys play for a lot of money. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> they do. Uh, that's also correct. He, Webb is at $35.8 million in his career, which is crazy. He's my age, Mark. He's like 34 years old, and uh, he's already he's already, were, yeah. <laughs> he's already banked $35.8 million with uh, a lot of runway in front of him. And maybe some of his best golf in front of him based on how he's played the last couple of years. Okay, uh, Keegan Bradley, $26 million. Uh, I'm going to go under with that one. He, 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 Keegan's still young, and I'm, I'm, I'm using the inverted commas thing. I'd say marginally under. You're cheating. You're getting them all. No, dude, I, I I work around the game. Hey, I'm related to a guy that's made a significant amount of money on the PGA Tour, and so I know that's, what these guys play for. That's true. He's at uh, $25.6 million, so that's correct. He was Keegan Bradley is under $26 million. So just okay. because there's six guys, so basically I can't fail this examination now, right? Yeah, you're, 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 uh, you're three for three with three left. Okay. We got uh, we got Tony Finau, and the number I set for him is sixteen million. Oh goodness, this one's hard. Something is saying to me he's under. Um, he's had one victory on the tour. He's he's a perennial top tenner, but I'm going to take just barely under that number. Uh, he's actually over. He's almost to eighteen. He's seventeen point eight million. Um, so yeah, one victory, but a ton. I mean. He he probably made five mil and runner ups over the last couple of years just just on his second place finishes alone. Um, the modern day Matt Kuchar. I mean, he's just a <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Rafa Cabrera Bello, and I set the. And again, this is not this is not PGA Tour only. It's it's uh, global earnings. So I set the number on Rafa at twenty million dollars. 
Wow. I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I don't know enough about Rafa. I think his golf swing has fallen straight out of heaven, and he's yes. something to be held in the locker room. I mean, the guy's a machine. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go under. Under. You're under? Yes. It's actually um, over. He's made $21.2 million. That I think that was the one that surprised me the most out of these guys. Uh-huh. Just because... Well, the, the- it's to the European tour. The purses have increased dramatically yeah. over the last little while. I mean, back in the day, they'd, the guys were having to room together on the European tour because the purses weren't so great. Yeah. Now they're all over the world and they play for big, big purses and hell, what they do over there too. I mean, we haven't even considered the appearance fees some of these guys draw. So <laughs> just fine of that. I'm convinced. Okay. Last one, Dustin Johnson, $65 million. You going over or under $65 million? Over. It's actually under. You got in your head after the first three. You missed the last three. He's, uh, he's $63.7 million over the course of his career. He's another guy. He's just older than me. He's made $63.7 million in his career. Yeah, goodness. Is, uh, incredible. Does, well, he has the question for you. Does he get to 100 mil? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to see some guys, like nobody's going to touch Tiger's 81 wins, okay. um, but wait, is he at 81 or 82? Uh, 82. Well, yeah. shucks, I'm in trouble now. It's, 80, it's 82, yes. Yeah, 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 because the next one was, I, I'm, I, now I'm in my head. Uh, <laughs> nobody's going to touch that. Right. But because the, like you mentioned, the purses have increased so much, somebody might touch his, I think he's at like 115 million or 120 million. You might see somebody actually touch that even though they only win 30 or 35 times on the PGA tour. So at some point Tiger's going to be uh, overtaken in the same way that guys like uh, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas were overtaken by guys from Tiger's generation. Hold on. Now, now listen quickly. I, I'm, I, I'm looking at Tiger Woods' Wikipedia. Professional wins 108. PGA Tour wins 81. Were we giving him one extra here? What? The, the, all confused the, now, man. Sorry. The, P, the PGA Tour had this whole campaign, and I I don't remember it. I can't. I I'm I'm lost, Mark. It's football season. Let's talk about the Falcons. Oh, <laughs> uh, what this is deferring? Yeah, the Falcons aren't good. Uh, but, but I mean, back back to the back to this career earnings thing. I'd love to know what McElroy has earned. I mean, that's got to be off the charts already. I can look it up for you real quick. Yeah, Tiger's at uh, at eighty one. So the Masters was uh, win number eighty one. So eighty two would have. Um, would would tie Sam, Sam Snead's record. So if and when he wins again, that will tie Sam Snead. That's right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, that, yeah, that, that 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 is a good recovery there, like Kevin now. <laughs> and I'll I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, Rory McIlroy career earnings. Rory McIlroy born in 19, May fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, he has made sixty nine point two million dollars over the course of his career, and quadrupled that off the course. And life grand. God bless America. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay, Mark, uh, we're going to go study each one of Tiger's 81 wins on the PGA Tour, and we will be back to chat again next week. All right, brother. You take care. Talk to you later, Mark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.